You know, as I was thinking about this special year-end offering, I begin to realize that really at the end of the day, you're not giving money. You're, you're actually giving hope. In fact, anytime you ever give into anything of your, your resources or even your time, you're, you're not really giving your time. You're not really giving your money. You're giving hope. You're giving hope to people that will be saved through this ministry. You're giving hope to people that will be healed through this ministry. You're giving hope to people uh, who will be set free through what God has assigned celebration to do. In fact, that's why celebration exists for those that don't really know. We, we exist here to give hope uh, to people, to help people live the life that God has for them. And... Uh, I'm so, so grateful, so grateful for the people, the family of celebration that, that come here week in and week out that have been here helping us to give hope to people through your time and through your talents and through your treasure. I'm so grateful for the children's workers that are working right now. Is anybody <laughs> grateful? I'm so grateful for the parking lot guys and gals who help park cars, especially like last Wednesday when they were doing it in the rain. I'm so grateful for the ushers and the greeters and the, the um, yeah, and the, um, those who lead groups and those who help lead and teach discipleship classes. And I, I can go on and on. So many, so many, so many here, the family of celebration, you are... You are constantly giving of your time and your talent and treasure, and you're giving of your hope. And as I was preparing for this weekend, I thought I was going a whole nother direction. And I felt like God just really, really, really stopped me and, and dealt with me about communicating something that I'm getting ready to share with you because, because I believe there's people here today, I believe God was showing me there's people here in this service that that you have given hope and you have given hope and you're still planning on giving hope and you're getting involved in this and you're giving involved in that and you're, you're, making it, uh, you're making a difference in our world and you're, you're making it possible for people to be saved and you're giving and you're giving, but really, but really in your life, you have no hope. You, you've been giving hope, but, but because of circumstances and situations and problems, uh, you, you've kind of lost your hope. So, so I want to take this moment and, and talk to people who have, have lost their, their hope. Something happened. Situation. Circumstance. Something happened, and you've completely lost your hope. Now, now I know there's some people here going, hey, life is really good. Uh, this is the wrong Sunday for me. I probably don't really need this one, um, but I, I got a word for you too. You might want to file this one because Monday's coming, Tuesday's coming, and the Bible's very clear that you will have plenty of opportunities to lose your, your hope. You can be in the midst of giving hope, like so many of you, and lose hope in the journey. You know, since it's the Christmas season... Uh, what, what do you do when you find yourself troubled and fearful and discouraged and overwhelmed? 
You know, I mean, when you think about it, the very first Christmas, they were, they were fearful. They were troubled, right? God shows up to, to shepherds, and he shows up to wise men. And, and, and the first thing God had to say is, hey, don't be afraid. You know, a lot of times in the Christmas season, you know, it's all about lights and presents and eating and fun and joy. And, but that's not how it was the first Christmas. I mean, when the angel showed up to this young girl who is engaged to be married, do you think she was really excited about the news she got? I mean, I mean, the angel showed up and said, Mary, you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit God himself. Now go tell your fiancé that. And the Bible says what she heard troubled her. Can, can you imagine having to go to Joseph and say, hey, Joseph, I know we're going to get married, and, but I got to tell you, I'm pregnant, and oh, and God did it. I mean, I mean, they, they were troubled. They were, they were troubled. What do you do when you're troubled? What do you do when you're discouraged? Or on the outside, you're smiling with the, the ho, 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 but on the inside, you're discouraged with the whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, church-going people can be really fake, right? We can clean up, dress up, look good, and put on our ho-ho-ho, but a lot of us came today, and we're just going, whoa, whoa, I'm hurting. I'm giving, I'm giving hope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, Pastor, I'm doing it, but I'm, I've lost my hope. And to you, I want to talk to you today. For most people, hope is just something they do. It's kind of like that wishful thinking. Man, I sure hope they win, right? I sure hope it doesn't get cold. I sure hope, I sure hope they get me that gift for Christmas. I, I sure hope it changes. It's kind of that, again, that wishful thinking. But for believers, hope is not something we, we, we do. Hope is something we, we have. We have. We don't do hope. We, we actually have hope. Romans 15, 13, it says, may God, the source of hope. The source. Notice God, he's, he, he's the source of hope. Fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope. I'm here to tell somebody today that God has hope for you. God doesn't want you to just give hope. But God is a source of hope, and God has hope for you. He wants to fill you. Hear me. He wants to fill you with some hope today. And I'm here to tell you that hope, that hope will keep you anchored. It'll keep you secure. It'll keep you firm with joy and peace regardless what you face in life. In Hebrews 6.19, it says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. That, that's why you need hope, right? Because your soul is where your emotions are. And when you get that letter and you get that text, you get that email and you get that phone call, huh? That, that's when your emotions will go crazy. But there is a hope that, that God gives you that can anchor you, that can anchor you and make you, make you secure. See, see, in life, Stuff is going to happen. The Bible is very clear that in this life, stuff is going to happen. To, to, Jesus said trouble, to, to, to think you're going to live a life without trouble is not Bible, that's fantasy. 
The, the Bible says that in this life, Monday's coming, Tuesday's coming, Wednesday, you're going to have trouble, so you're not going to remove trouble, but, but Jesus says, cheer up because I've overcome all the trouble, and because I've overcome it, you too can overcome. You can too overcome the trouble. And the question is, is I'm gonna, am I going to let trouble trouble me and move me to a place of emotional hopelessness, or will I allow my soul to be anchored in the hope that God gives me that will cause me be, to be secure when everything is going crazy. Everything, I'm here to, there is an anchor for your soul that will keep you firm and secure, and it's called just simply hope. But let me make sure you understand the definition of hope. Hope is a confident expectation based on something that is reliable and solid, and that's what God gives. God gives you a confident expectation that regardless what's going on in your life, you are secured, you are anchored, you are solid, and you don't allow trouble to trouble you, but you actually rise up and trouble trouble. Come on, we're to trouble our trouble. We're to overcome our trouble. Are you with me today? We're not to fall apart. Believers aren't to fall apart. We have this anchor. It's our hope, and we're anchored, and we're secure, and, and I'm here, God, tell you that today God is giving that to you. He wants to fill you with it. He wants you to be sound and secure, regardless what comes your way later on today or tomorrow or the next day. I'm telling you, as believers, hope is important. God doesn't want us just to give hope. God wants us to live a life full of hope. I'm here to tell somebody today that God has hope for you. God is the source of hope, and he wants to fill you with hope, and that hope will keep you anchored. It'll keep you secure. It'll keep you firm, and like the verse said, it'll fill you with joy and peace, regardless what you face in life. That's my introduction. Quickly, I'm going to give you four things that will give you hope. I'm going to give you four things that will give you God's hope. Hope comes from these four. Now, now there's more, but to me, these, these are the biggies. In fact, this first one is, 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 is my favorite one. So I'll spend a little bit more time on that, and then the next three we're going through quick, and we're going to get you out of here and on your way. Number one, here, here's, here's where hope comes from. Number one, God's presence. God's presence. You can find hope in the presence of God. Now, now I don't understand this one completely. I, I, I don't get it completely. But there is just something about a moment that happens when you're in the presence of God. I can't explain it, but when you're in the presence of God, there is just something that anchors your soul where you just know nothing's changed, the circumstances hasn't changed, the money hasn't changed, the problem hasn't changed, but when you get in his presence, there's just something that anchors you where you just know that you know that you know it's all going to be okay. 
Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? After all of these years of serving God, I have come to this conclusion. This is going to shock you, but I have really come to this conclusion that the presence of God is better than the answers to my problem. Most of us serve God to fix our problems, but I'm telling you, his presence is better than his, pro his promises. Because I have come to the conclusion that I would rather have God's presence than his solutions. I would rather know God is with me than to know the solution and the answers to everything. You see, Moses made that same conclusion. Remember Moses? Moses, God comes down to Moses and says, uh, Moses, I'm going to let you go. Some, some few million people, they're going to cross over and they're going to go into the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey, remember? Well, God shows up with Moses one day and says, hey, hey, Moses, uh, I'm not going with you. Uh, you can take these, these people of yours, these church-going people. By the way, they're all stiff-necked. That's what God called them all. Bunch of stiff-necked, rebellious people. And God says, uh, you tell them that they can go in the promised land. They can have my stuff, but I ain't going with you. And you know what Moses said? Moses said to God, God, if you don't go, I ain't going. Because a promised land isn't a promised land without the one that gives the promised land. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm here to tell you, you can get the car. But if you didn't get God with the car, it's not going to be an enjoyable car. You can get the house, but if you don't get God in your house, it'll never be a home. You can get the money, but you'll be miserable with the money if you don't have God. Somebody ought to shout, yes. I much rather have the presence of God than the answers of God. Because if you get God, you'll get the help. You'll get the answers, and you'll get the enjoyment of enjoying all that he has for you. I'm here to tell somebody today, I'm seriously about this, serious about it, that the greatest commodity that you could ever possess in the midst of your hopelessness is simply the presence of the Lord. When you're at the end of your rope, when you don't know what in the world is going on, when you don't know what to do, I'm telling you the greatest thing as a child of God that you could ever do is get in the presence of Almighty God. Why? It'll anchor your emotions. It'll anchor your soul. It'll help you know everything is going to be okay. It'll give you the hope you need. In Psalm 62 and 5, five the psalmist said it this way, find rest, oh, my soul. How am I going to do that? I'm going to do that by buying a lotto ticket. No. No. You're going to do that by what? In God, it doesn't come by what you smoke. It doesn't come by what you drink. It doesn't come by who you're married to or who you're dating. It comes by God. Come on. God alone. Notice it says, my hope comes from no other source. It comes from him. Notice that it is being with God that gives you hope. It's having him in your life. It's having in him, him right here with you. That's why these church gatherings are so important. It's why we come together is so that you can have moments where you experience the presence of God. People say all the time, I come, they, I, I, I came to church and man, I, I felt something. I experienced something. 
I, I, I sense some energy. Can, can it be really clear? It's not energy. It's called the Holy Spirit. If there's any one thing that this preacher prays about every week before a week in service, this is what I pray. God, I pray that you bring the people, and when they get here, may they encounter the presence of Almighty God. Because I know if God ever tags your life in a moment, it'll change your life forever. You may not understand it, but it will secure you in a hope that's greater than your problems. Come on, somebody say yes. God's presence will make a difference. Now, listen to me. As good as all of that is, that's why we come on Sundays. It's the reason why those that are watching online, they couldn't be here, so that's the next best thing. But listen to me. It's not enough just to experience God's presence here at church. You need to take Jesus home with you. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you, you don't need him just on Sundays because some of you don't even come every Sunday. You're like on the every six-month list. You know, you're that casual Christian. Not necessary. I got him, I got him three months ago. I'll, I'll see you in another three months. That's according to Bobby. You should be here every week getting Jesus, getting the presence of God. But I'm here to tell you it's not enough just to get him here on Sunday. You've got to take Jesus home. You've got to take his presence home. You need him on Monday. Come on, you need him in your business on Tuesday. You need him in your relationships on Wednesday. You need him every day of your life. And I really do think that most of our hopelessness in the church, or let me say it this way, some of our hopelessness that we're going through is a direct result of leaving Jesus right here. We just go home, we go back to our lives, we got our Jesus fixed, whether that's every week or every month, whatever, whatever schedule you're on, we get our Jesus fixed, and then we just kind of check that box off and we go back to our life, building our life, doing our thing, and I'm here to tell you, you need to take him home today. Because if you don't have Jesus in your home, if you don't have his presence in your business, come on, if you don't have Jesus and his presence in, your, in the workplace, I'm here to tell you, you're going you're, you're gonna to be unstable. You need the anchor. I'm reminded of, of Luke where we're not the only ones that leave Jesus. Because I've been guilty of this too. As your pastor, I leave Jesus here and I just go on with my my life because I think I know better. But, but we're not the only ones that left Jesus at church. Did you know the parents of Jesus left them at church? <laughs> what great parents. I mean, Joseph and Mary, you, you ought to go read it. They went to church. They, 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 went, they went to the Passover celebration, went to church. They leave church, and they leave without Jesus. And they don't just leave them for an hour. They don't just leave them for two hours, three hours, six hours. No, it's a day. No, it's not just a day. It's two. No, it's not just two days. They left him, lost him for three days. For those that feel like they're bad parents, that's encouragement to you today. <laughs> they left Jesus for three days. Listen, they left Jesus. And I'm just here to encourage you. I don't know if it's been three days, three weeks, or three months, but I'm here to tell you, you need Jesus every 
that his presence will give you the hope that will anchor your soul. Why is this so important? Isaiah 40 shows us that God's presence, when it fills us, it has an, a huge impact on us. When you get in the presence and you begin to sense the, the hope of God, here's, here's what the Bible says that hope ends up doing in your life. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who hope in the Lord, or the other translation says, those who have hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will, they will walk and not fade. And, and we read that as like it's cute poetry, but that's not poetry. That's illustrating what God's hope will do in your life. When you get full of hope, you know what happens? You start soaring like the eagle. You're not hearing me. You see, all birds fly, and when they fly, they, they flap. That's work. How many of you know flapping is work? How many of you know that takes energy? Listen, all birds fly, but not all birds soar. And I, I think that's a picture of the church. We're flapping away. And we're struggling. Have no hope. And we're just, we're wondering, where are you, Jesus? But that's not how the eagle does it. No, that's not how the eagle does it. You know what the eagle does? Goes to a high elevation. <laughs> It fastens itself on a rock or a, on a cliff, and that eagle waits and waits for what is called a thermal current or a thermal wind, an updraft that comes. And when that wind comes, you know what that eagle does? It just stretches out its wings. Never flaps. That thermal wind lifts that eagle into the air. I'm here to tell you, when you get in the presence of God, you get a lift. Come on, you get a lift. Hope comes into you, and even though your problems are you're still facing them, it's okay because you're soaring above your... Come on, I'm going to encourage you, church, don't be this kind of Christian. Come on, we need to soar around here. So how do we do that? Come on, we get full of hope. How do we do that? We get into the presence of almighty God. Some of you ought to laugh at my illustrations. It make me feel a little better. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that that is available to you. You would just go get quiet. Turn on your worship your favorite worship, just begin to praise and sing praises to God. I promise you, it won't take long, and you'll begin to feel a lift. Although circumstances hasn't changed, you're going to feel the hope of God. I slow down because I want to make sure you connect with this because this really is my go-to for hope in my life. It always has been. I don't know what I would do without God's presence in my life. Out of all the things that I'm sharing 
trying to get to and that I'll talk about or maybe not talk about. This, this is the one I go to for hope. This is what anchors my soul. When, when I get punched in the gut with a circumstance, when I'm facing an impossibility, when I don't know how to do what I need to do, I'm here to tell you, I go into a room, I go to a mountain, I get alone, I'll turn on my favorite worship, and you know what I'll do? I'll just begin to sing to God. I'll just begin to worship God. And all of a sudden, in that moment, you know what happens? I become alive, and I get a lift, and I begin to soar again. When I feel like I've been punched, and when I feel like hell has broken loose on my life, when I'm discouraged and disappointed, this is what I do. Why? Because it, Psalm 1611 says this, in your presence is fullness of joy. I'm just encouraging somebody today, if you need hope, a sure way of getting hope is getting quiet and getting in the presence of God. Let me give you number two. The first one is his presence. The second one is God's promise. I'm going to go through these quick. God's promise, number two. What am I talking about? The first one is his presence. The second one is, I know it's, I know it's simple, but here we are again. Basic 101. Open your Bible and read it. The best advice I could ever, ever give you is this. Open your Bible, turn on your Bible, and read it. One verse, one minute, and the Bible will change your life. It will absolutely give you hope. It is a source of hope. Notice what it says in Psalms 119.81. It says, my soul becomes weak with desire for your saving power, but... In other words, when I'm weak, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to God's Word, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to open it because God's Word is a source of hope. Notice what the psalmist says. When I'm weak, what am I going to do? I find hope in your Word. The psalmist says, I'm weak. I need help. I've lost hope. But it all changed when I got in God's Word, that's absolutely the second thing I do. I go to this presence, and the next thing I go to his word because his word is God speaking to me, and he has the answers, and he has the solutions to every crisis that I'm in. And whatever you're struggling with today, I guarantee you there's an answer in that book for you. It'll give you hope. If you're struggling in your marriage, it'll give you hope for your marriage. If you're struggling in your finances, it'll give you hope for your finances. If you're struggling, listen, if you're struggling in your physical body with sickness and disease, it'll give you hope in that area. But you've got to open it and you've got to read it. And when you open it and when you read it, God fills you with hope. The psalmist said, I'm weak, but that all changed. When I got God's Word, I wish I could get people convinced that God's Word could change their life. I'm here to tell you, the Bible says it's spiritual food. God's Word is actually spiritual food. I don't know if you know this, but, but, but you are a spirit. 
You, you possess a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and then you live in the body. And most of us think we are a body, that that body is just your, your body suit to, to allow you to stay on earth. One day that body suit is going to be, be put back into the ground, but you live on forever and ever. Just like if I go to the moon, I need a moon suit to exist. To be here on earth, you needed a flesh suit to exist. But the body is not you. But isn't it amazing how we'll plan our day to feed this body the next meal and yet not even consider who I am as a spirit and that by opening the Word of God and reading one verse, it is actually nourishing my spiritual man. And it is anchoring your soul and it is giving your soul Hope, I'm here to tell you the Bible is more important than what you think. If you want hope today, if you want hope today, open your Bible and start reading it so much of the time. We pray and we pray and that's where we, we talk to God, right? But when you open your Bible, that's where God actually talks to you. God wants to talk to you. It's right here. He's got the answer for every situation in your life. And if you don't, didn't know, by the way, uh, Celebration actually reads a chapter together every day. So you didn't know that, did you? So, so you need to go on your church app. You need to go back to, to our Connect Point and get the, get the card. And, and, and we read together a chapter every day because we want to be strong spiritual. We have that help for you. Go, go to your website. There's so many journals and so many Bible reading programs you can get online. But, but the main thing is that you're doing it. Why? It's a great source of, of hope. Here's the third one. And son, you can help me. God's purpose is the third one. God's purpose. Real hope comes from you knowing God's purpose for your life. Hear that today. So it's his presence, it's his promise, and now it's his purpose. When you discover why you exist on planet, why God put you here, I'm here to tell you there is a hope that will fill your life, that will anchor you in any storm. You may not know it, but every one of you that's here today, those that are listening and watching online, I'm here to tell you God... God has, has, has planned you into his master script and plan for planet Earth. When he put you here on planet Earth, listen, he put giftings, he put abilities, he put callings in your life. You weren't put here on planet Earth to just live out the American dream, really? That's the way the world does it. You were created to have the cute job and the cute house and the, the cute dog and, 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 and the cute rocker that you end up spending your retirement in. That's all too cute for God. God has given you a purpose. God has given you an assignment. God has gifted you to make a purpose, to, to make a difference for God's purpose and kingdom here on this earth. The whole reason, again, why we exist as a church. We're here to help you live the life that God has for you. Every person here, I'm here to tell you, God has put something in you to make a difference to your neighborhood, to your community, to the people you work with. You were created on purpose for a purpose. 
to help build God's kingdom and purposes here on the earth. God has a life for you. You're not here just taking up oxygen. God wants you to take those gifts. God wants you to take those abilities, and he wants you to use them for him. As a church, we get this, right? We're not here just for us, right? This isn't just about us coming together and singing kumbaya, my Lord, right? No, 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 no. We're coming here to be stirred and to be inspired and and so that we can figure out what our gifts are, what our callings are, so that we can go out there Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and we can make a difference and we can advance the kingdom of Almighty God. Come on. When you understand your purpose, you were created with, with abilities and talents to make a difference for the kingdom. It'll change your life. In fact, that's the reason why we're so big and we talk about it all the time, our Discover course. It's a four-week four course. And, and, and the big part about that, it happens every week during this service. And the big part about that course is that we help you discover what you're called to do. You see, it's not just Pastor Randy that's called to do ministry. I'm called to preach, but, but I can show you in the Bible, you're all called to preach. In fact, my job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry, not to have the cute house and the cute dog and the cute rocking chair. We're all called to win people for Jesus. We're all called to win a city. We're all called to win a nation. We're all called to bring revival and an awakening to those that have no hope. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Where's that in the Bible? I'll show you. I'm here to tell you, when you know your purpose... When you know why you're sucking up oxygen, it will give you hope that will anchor your soul. Jeremiah 29, 11, most of you all know it. We quote it all the time, for I know the plans I have for you. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans, plans. My plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. God says, I have plans. I have a specific future for you. And my plans and my future will fill you with hope. When you do God's plans, you get God's hope. If you want hope, you need to know. You need to know why you're here on earth for. I could spend more time on that. It's powerful. This fourth one's unique. Don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it is, it is something that the modern-day church needs to talk about more. So, so I find it in his presence, find it in his promise, I find it in his purpose, and I find it in, number four, God's place. I don't know if you realize it or not, but God has a place prepared for every one of you. It's interesting that when Jesus was getting ready to go back to heaven after he is resurrected, he's looking at his disciples, and his disciples are actually discouraged. They're, they're confused. They're confused. They're having one of those bad days. It's a, it's not a ho, ho, ho. It's a whoa, whoa, whoa. And Jesus says this to them. He says, let not your heart be troubled, John 14, 1 through 3. You're trusting God now? Trust in me. There are many homes up there where my father lives, and I am going to prepare a place, a place. Listen. 
God's place will give you hope. I'm going to prepare a place for your coming when everything is ready. Then I'm going to come back and get you so that you can always be with me where I am. So, so here's Jesus. He knows his disciples are discouraged. So wouldn't you think that that would be a great time for Jesus to do a miracle? I, I, yeah, Lord, that's a great time to do a miracle. That'll fix their problems. He says, no, 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 no. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't give them a miracle. You know what he does them? He tells them about a place. Come on, how many of you need hope today in your discouragement? God wants to tell you about a, a place in Titus 2.13. It says, we are filled with hope, filled with hope. That's what we want. It becomes the anchor as we wait for the glorious return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, hey, hey, guys, I know you're struggling, but hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go prepare a place. And when I get it all done, I'm coming back, and I'm going to get you. And in Titus, it says that that is what fills you with hope, knowing that Jesus has a place for you. What's that place? It's called heaven. I think one of the biggest problems in the American church is that we have gotten to a place where we, where we just kind of like earth way too much. As believers, if all we do is put hope in earth, live for earth, build our lives for earth, we're going to be greatly disappointed at the end of the day because our lives are not just about earth. As believers, we are to have an eternal mindset. Earth is not our final destination. In fact, you can try to save the planet all you want, but at the end of the day, this thing's going to be recreated. It's going to be destroyed by fire, and then God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And I think so much of the time we don't have an eternal mindset. All we think about earth, so, so, so that's why we spend all of our time trying to store up treasures here on earth. What a waste of time. Hebrews 11, 14. Because when you die, guess what happens? Her new husband gets it. He gets your car. He gets, he gets all your money. And we live our lives, right, to, to gather and to gather and gather. And, and at best, what, 80, 90, 100, 120. Did you know there's not a person still here from the 1900s? Get a clue. This is not our home. One day you'll leave, you'll breathe your last, and I'm here to tell you there is hope when you understand Jesus has a place called heaven for you. You don't put all your marbles here on earth. In fact, here's what it said. I'm, I'm wrapping this up. In Hebrews 11, this is what it said about, about a people who had this eternal perspective. They lived their life this way. This is, a, this is the, the, the Hall of Faith chapter. It says these people of faith accepted the fact that they were transients in this world looking for their true home. They were after a far better country than that. Heaven country, that's what they were looking for. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city, 
heaven waiting for them. God doesn't want you to forget about heaven, and we don't preach enough, but I'm here to tell you we need to enjoy earth, and we need to make the most of earth, but this is not our home. We are just passing through. And when you understand that, you don't live your life to build your life for earth. You build your life and live your life for an eternal perspective. Did you know this is absolutely the shortest thing you will ever do in your existence called your earthly life? Millions and billions of years from now, you'll still be alive. What did you give God during your 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 years of earth life? Make a difference. Get your eyes on a place that he... See, 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 here's a problem. Here you got, okay, here we go. Heaven's kind of got a bad rap in our modern-day church, right? We think heaven is what? We go to heaven, we get a white robe, we sit on a white cloud, right? We get fat, we get a harp, and we sing in a choir. That's not heaven. That's hell. Come on, somebody. No, God has prepared a place for us. Actually, it's a recreated earth, which will be a perfect earth that we will actually live on, which means there'll be no politics. Hallelujah. Come on. There'll be no traffic. There'll be no crime. There'll be no mosquitoes. There'll be no sickness, there'll be no disease, there'll be no bills, there'll be no lack, there'll be no funerals, no crying, no weeping. Come on, the Krispy Kreme light is always going to be on. Chick-fil-A will actually be open on Sundays. And the Niners will win every weekend. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm losing your attention, I can tell right now. Don't, don't get me wrong, church. Please, please let me close this thing. Nobody leaving, just honoring what God is doing in this moment. Don't get me wrong. We are absolutely to enjoy life and make the most of this life. But we are to live our life with an eternal perspective. And I'm just here to tell you, when you do, when you realize there's a place that God has prepared for you, whoo, It gives you hope. When my dad, we put his body in the ground about a year ago, you know what? I wasn't grieving like those who have no hope. Because I have hope. Come on. We grieve, but we don't grieve like them. Why? Because we have an eternal perspective. He's made a place for us. Somebody ought to shout. And I'm just here to tell you, it will give you hope like an anchor. Hope comes from God's presence. It comes from his promise. It comes from his purpose. It comes from his place. I want you to bow your heads. I'll close your eyes. Before we sing something and I pray for you, if you're here today, you can't even have hope until you get the person of hope. His name is Jesus. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with him, you're far from him, and your heart compels you today to get right with him.
I want to give you an opportunity as I look all over this crowd. At our first service, I was amazed by the hands that went up. I believe there's people here today that need to make an adjustment, that they need to surrender to their life, that you actually are here. You've been waiting for that preacher to get done. He's way, went way too long because you're here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to give your heart to Jesus, to surrender your life to him. If that's you and you want to know you, when you breathe your last breath that you're going to that place that he has prepared for you, if that's you and you want to receive Jesus, you want to surrender your life to him, would you, while believers pray all over this auditorium, would you just lift your hand before God and just hold it up just for a moment? Nobody looking around. See that hand and that hand. Leave up that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. A lot of hands there. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God, God sees these hands. That's why I'm saying that hand, that hand and that hand, 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 that hand. There's just too many hands. Too many hands. Oh, God is pleased. You know, the Bible makes it so simple. You can put your hands down. You don't have to do a bunch of rules, jump through a bunch of hoops. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. If that's you today and you're ready to surrender your life to God, I want you to pray this prayer with everything that you have within you. Like believers, let's pray this with us. Say this, say, Father God, today I surrender my life to you. I receive the free gift of salvation. I put my trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. I believe he died for me took my sin, took my judgment, and rose from the grave, and now offers me the free gift of eternal life. I receive it today. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. And say this, and from this day forward, God, with your help, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 